Fanatical Elves Show, part of the Elves Network. We are a bunch of wild and crazy Cleveland Browns fans, bringing you all the latest in Browns news. Tune in now. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Fanatical Elves Show. Part of the uh, the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, John Suchan, again, along with our other hosts, Steve Gill and Elliot Cannell, who have their own great shows here on the Fanatical Elves Network. We are happy to have everybody along listening to our wonderful takes tonight. It's a Thursday night as we prepare for the Brownies taking on those Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Schmo. Well, actually, wait, Joe Schmo's not playing. Uh, no, Kansas City. I'm already jumping ahead to week one, man. I'm like, I <laughs> slow down, <laughs> man. Slow yeah. down. All right. They're going to be playing Kansas City. Um, you gotta switch not, to not Cincinnati. Man, my head is just like, I'm three weeks ahead. Um, the Browns do play in week one against the Cincinnati Bengals in two weeks. Um, but before they get there, they play the Kansas City Chiefs Saturday afternoon at one o'clock. Out there at Arrowhead Stadium, a great, great venue for football. And we have a lot to talk about tonight. Um, if you're a Browns fan and you have been following along on social media anywhere in the world today, you will see that the Browns have been playing musical uh, chairs with their quarterback situation. Not their league quarterback. Deshaun is still there. He's safe and safe and ready to go. But we have uh, some news on that. Uh, the gist of it right now, we're going to go around the room here and talk about it. But... As of right now, Josh Dobbs was traded, and we'll get into the details of that. Kellen Mond was waived earlier in the day, but it sounds like he's coming back. And Deshaun Watson is still the lead uh, cat at the top. And um, so that's kind of where we're at. We're also going to be talking today about the restructuring of several contracts. I know Steve and Elliot have both talked about these uh, players, including Miles Garrett, Joel Petonio. Uh, I think David Njoka threw him, throw him in there. And yep. we're going to talk about that, maybe a little bit about Nick Chubb, uh, what could be on the horizon for that. I have some questions for the guys here. So the big news today, again, is the uh, quarterback situation. Again, welcome, Elliot and uh, Steve. If you're watching our show on YouTube or on Twitter or the X, you'll see that Steve is in a wonderful location. He can share out where he's uh, coming from, but he's outside. And so we'll start there up there with Steve, who's uh, got his Browns gear on, representing, and uh, welcome. Hello, guys. I am in the uh, wilds of north central Pennsylvania. Excellent. On a a piece of property that my grandfather bought for $250 in 1962. In a uh, cottage that my dad found at the Cleveland outdoor show when i was about six years old really yeah that's cool this this place is our family relaxation place oh you come up here you get out of nashville where it's 99 degrees 107 degrees heat and i think today it got up to 70 Oh, Boy, I, no, and, I've been uh, at that same outdoor show. My dad used to take me to that show every oh, year. Oh, my dad. Oh, we loved going to that. What was it called again? It was Cleveland the outdoor uh, show. Was, yeah, uh, Cleveland Outdoor Show. Yes, nice. uh, he had a client. Yeah. Um, what was it? Where, at the Masonic Temple or something? Where was that? Yeah, at? something like that. 
Yeah. yeah. We had a client that uh, had these new prefab type uh, buildings. Uh, they're made of cedar. And uh -huh. my dad just loved it. And all my uncles came up from Florida who were all plumbers and electricians. And yeah. a bunch of my cousins came down here and uh, they uh, dug a well and built this place. Oh, that's fantastic. Oh, it's fa it is fantastic. So you're a little bit north. You're in Pennsylvania, but you're a little bit north of New York, no, south of New York State. Tell us you're kind of. Yeah, we're about eight. 40 miles uh, south of the New York State line. Okay. Um, we're near the Susquehanna National Forest, the oh, Allegheny. Yes. I mean, Susquehanna State Forest, uh, Allegheny National Forest. And How far the, are you from? Over New my Orleans? shoulder, about five miles, is the Pennsylvania Grand Canyon. The Pe yes, you mentioned that off air. So tell us about the, the big ditch. The big ditch. It's like now, a listen, mile down. A, now we had a big ditch in Wichita. That was for the uh, flooding, or if they would ever flood, they always called it the big ditch. It was this big thing around the city of Wichita because it was we were out there in the plains. And but I think your big ditch in uh, Pennsylvania is probably a little bit prettier. Yes, this body of water behind me is called Pine Creek. Uh, back in 1970, National Geographic rated it one of the 10 best trout fishing streams in America. Uh, that's why we get a lot of uh, water fowl. I mean, we get uh, mergansers, great blue heron, kingfishers, osprey, and bald eagles. Mm -hmm. so, yes, Steve, we, you said that we might see a couple. Of, uh, we'll see what might. we can see in the background there. So everybody yeah, will be might. on the lookout if you're uh, watching this on YouTube or on Twitter. Um, so let's talk quarterbacks here. The Browns first made a trade. Oh, I like your cup. Uh, it's ho <laughs> Halloweenish. It's it's kind of scary. It's like a pumpkin. Mm. Um, so the, the Brownies traded Josh Dobbs and a seventh round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for a fifth round pick, and I would li like to start talking about that first. Um, let's start with you, Elliot, on your perspective first on that uh, trade. Well, I really personally uh, hated to see Dobbs go, uh, fellow rocket scientist. Uh, he was uh, from the University of Tennessee at uh, Tullahoma, I believe. Isn't that right, Steve? And uh, uh, Yeah, that's where the uh, Tullahoma is where the, uh, yeah, the rocket, the yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's a brilliant guy. Absolutely brilliant. brilliant. Uh, I think he's an athlete, and uh, uh, I, I really think that he has a potential to be a really uh, outstanding quarterback. Um, just never really got playing time in the NFL, and he could probably get it at Arizona because the starting quarterback, remember Kyler Murray, mm -hmm. had that ACL injury, is not going to be ready to start the season, and the guy – in Arizona is another former Browns uh, an old timer, Colt McCoy, and uh, <laughs> so I think that uh, as soon as he's able to, uh, we're going to see Rocket Man take that job. So yes. I think it's very exciting for him. Well, I think when you get the opportunity to get a fifth round pick for a backup quarterback, uh -huh. it's usually a good trade, and we like uh, uh, Dorian uh, Thompson. Uh, uh, Robinson, uh, we feel that he has a really good future ahead of him. Yes. So it makes sense um, to make that deal. We also Definitely. think that uh, Kellen Mond is probably a good quarterback as well at third string. Yep. He probably will keep three quarterbacks this season. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, it's generally a good policy, and the rules tend to favor three quarterbacks this year. You're allowed to keep three, um, and they uh, you sort of get uh, a opportunity to have the third string guy effectively be on the game day roster, even yeah. if it's um, um, uh, not part of the uh, the uh, 46. Right, allowed to be. Uh, on the normal roster. So they're yeah. telling clubs, we don't want to have a debacle where you have to put in a position player, a quarterback, like the NFC championship game. Cisco <laughs> last season. So yeah, I think it's a good move. Kellen mind is a pretty good prospect in his own right. Yeah. It's a good thing for the, for the Browns. You wonder what, what really happened earlier. I mean, how it all transferred. I mean, I know these guys are always talking on the phone and everything, but the fact that initially it was announced that Mon was being waived and then this and trade. Then Kevin Stefanski said yes. that uh, Dobbs was uh, number two today. Yes. Yeah. To that the, the other conversation. So. Yes. I don't so. understand the timing. Why did they want to waive Mon before the end of summer camp? I don't, that's the part that I don't understand. Good question. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I, as far as, you know, um, Mond, we've watched him a little bit. I mean, the other guy that we're not talking about right now, and the reason, you know, some Browns fans are over the moon is because this DTR kid, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who's had a heck of a um, preseason. He's done some really good things. And He's presumably now, even though Stefanski came out this morning and said, well, Dobbs is number two. Well, now Dobbs is traded. So it's presumed that DTR will be the number two guy, which has a lot of ex uh, fans that are excited. I don't know why they're so excited. I, knew, I mean, it's nice to have him as the backup, but Deshaun Watson is the guy. Yeah, DTR <laughs> cannot be the number one quarterback no matter what happens. <laughs> right. So let's, let's... <sighs> But, you know, on the other hand, we do want to have a quarterback factory where we have a lot of guys that come out of Cleveland and become successful quarterbacks. Mm. Cleveland has been pathological for a number of years where they feel like the backup <laughs> quarterback is an enemy of the state. You know, where we hate the backup quarterback, we think that he's an enemy that has to be destroyed. So and that has been the case ever since Vinny Testaverde uh, – sabotaged Bernie Kosar. Ever since that happened, we've never liked the backup quarterback. Speaking of, well, he was a member of the team. He wasn't a backup, but the other news in, in the league this week has been, you know, Baker Mayfield won the job down in Tampa Bay. And, um, you know, I expected that to be the case. Yes. I think a Good lot of us. I'm still a Baker fan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what he does. I mean, he's, he's going to be playing, uh, after, you know, Tom Brady has been there for a while and there'll be some, you know, Tampa's had some good teams over the years. So there'll be some actually, you know, high expectations. We'll see what happens, but yeah, I'm happy for Baker. I think we always, you know, we, we want to move on from Baker, but he did. And I always say this, I mean, he did a lot for this, this time. Yeah, I, I even, I heard someone recently comment, well, it wasn't a good fit, but it's like, I don't agree with that necessarily. Maybe, you know, it's high maintenance and he's, a rebel rouser, but it was a good fit. The Browns won and they made it to the playoffs and they have Baker Mayfield to thank for that. So I don't necessarily agree with that assessment that it, he was never a good fit. I mean, I don't think the Browns have ever really, 
you know. Well, what Baker did, you know, in my mind was that he got in such a big mess with uh, OBJ and basically lost the team that I don't think that they could recover in the locker room. Yeah. And I think that's why he had to leave. Yeah. Is that he, he should have sat himself down and let the backup quarterback play. And, uh, you know, and he really did have the problem where he would get mad at a receiver and wouldn't throw the ball to him. Uh, right. All that was real. And, uh, you know, sometimes he wouldn't throw the ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones, and sometimes he wouldn't throw the ball to Nick Chubb, and sometimes he wouldn't throw the ball to OBJ. And it eventually it got too political, and uh, the coaching staff had enough, and they finally decided that they had to part ways. Yeah. But he yeah. was a good quarterback. He got the Browns to the, to the um, playoffs. That was yeah. surreal. Yeah. And he deserves all the credit for doing that. And people who can't remember that they beat Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh and <laughs> rang up, what, 48 points against Pittsburgh and should have beat Kansas City uh, the following week. People don't remember that, but it happened. Yeah, and, it uh, really Baker did. Mayfield deserves credit for a lot of that. And, yeah. Uh, he's good enough to win in the playoffs. Yeah. Don't you forget it. <laughs> Steve, what are your, I mean, your assessments on basically what we've been talking about? I mean, your, your um, observations of DTR, uh, this, the Baker Mayfield latest news or where are you at? Let's just start with DTR and then um, Josh Dobbs and all. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. First of all, I have to move this. I have a hummingbird that keeps Oh, nice. Sliding up, going after my cup. No way. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah they're used to us. Um, DTR <laughs> definitely deserved to be the number two quarterback. Mm -hmm. I know he's playing against backups, but uh, I think the Philadelphia game really cemented it. He was mm -hmm. going against uh, Phillies twos and threes, who mm -hmm. aren't bad. <laughs> And he he just gives uh like I keep saying he keeps he gives a spark to this team. He did. Helen Mond has impressed me in the last two games. Mm -hmm. uh, he looks really good in this system. So I I am none. I, I was kind of shocked when they first announced they waived him. I thought, well, mm -hmm. wow. Uh, mm -hmm. Geez, mm -hmm. hopefully they can bring him back on the practice squad. So. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, as a number three, I feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, the, the quarterback room is in good shape. Uh. Good. Yeah. No, I think it's uh, it's definitely uh, – there's a lot that's going to happen now over the next two weeks. Um, my understanding – correct me if I'm wrong. You guys know this more than I do, but the uh, I know I've had some fans of the Browns asking me off, off air and when I'm at my other job about – how the Browns get down to this 53 man roster. And in the past over the years, they announced, you know, so many cuts, but this year my understanding is that they're announcing all the cuts um, after the preseason's over. Correct. That, that all Tuesday, teams are 28 uh, 9th by five uh, by 4 a.m. by 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. They have to be down to 53. So oh, they, okay. I, that figured out why they waved, I figured out why they waved them on. Why? Okay. No. Um, because if they go first, uh, nobody else wants to cut a quarterback and claim uh, Mond. How about mm -hmm. that? So they thought that they could get him through, get him on the practice squad, um, and mm. uh, that way they could keep him and then um, even use him 
as a temporary promotion. Yeah. Uh, and make him the third string guy. That's why they wanted to do that. But now I think that they will actually use a roster spot to. Uh, okay. Him. That's why they did that. So they weren't wanting to get rid of him. They were wanting to keep him on the practice squad. Okay. And they thought by doing this, there was less of a chance that he would actually get claimed on waivers. Not a bad oh, idea. Bad. Um, we're going to go ahead. And, I, yeah, I, I think he still ends up on the practice squad, but we'll see. No, I mean, gonna, the, no, 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 they're not going to wave him again. Uh, I think they keep him no. now. Okay. Waving him uh, at the cutdown time would increase the chances that he would get claimed because they have uh, cleared roster spots by waving their own guy. How about just that? remember the the final fifty three we get to on the 29th isn't going to isn't going to be the final fifty three. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Well, we're going to pick up, we'll pick up there. We're going to talk about the, um, all these uh, changes with contracts and extensions and re renegotiating those. We're going to break real quick here on the Fanatical Elves Network. We're on the Fanatical Elves show. We're also going to share out a new giveaway that our Fanatical Elves, uh, no, our fans first sports network is giving away that we want to share those details. If you're listening or watching us, it's a really good bit. So we'll be right back again. This is the fanatical elves show and thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We're going to break right now. Okay. We are back here on the fanatical elves network. Woo. Uh, thanks for coming break. back. So we're talking about these. The other part of this is these contract extensions um, that have happened over the series of this last week. Joel Petonio, I think, was first. Then Miles Garrett, uh, David Njoku. Uh, am I missing somebody? No. Okay. So because of you that, my, my understanding is we're somewhere in that thirty to forty million dollar cap space now, and people. Have, 37. So people are yeah. speculating what the Browns could be leaning into. I know our colleague Joel Cade mentioned a few possibilities if the Browns were interested in still using some of that money. But the other part of this is that teams like the Browns would just push this money to next year. And uh, so I want your assessment on that. Let's start with you, Steve. They're pushing it to next year. Don't get your hopes up. <laughs> They're okay. not going to make a big signing. They're 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 going to use this money, carry it over to next year. Okay, it's that simple. This is what yeah. Andrew Barry does best. So so and Joel, I would be surprised yeah. if you might see another restructure or two. See now, I have a problem. The one guy that I I keep hearing about today, and again, and this is because I have this thing. Denzel Ward's name keeps popping up. I've and heard I, that too, and I just. I I'm hoping the Browns are recognized. I know he can play. I know the guy is good, but I just feel like <laughs> he's an injury in, in the making. He's a walking injury. And I just don't feel well, like so am I. So well, they're not going to pay me any money. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, Joel Cade, our guy who does what the elf is that show and the Brownie acts with Elliot down there which is a great sh new show. You should check it out, The Brownie Axe. And then, of course, Steve has The Dog Pound South. Uh, and uh, great stuff there. Both these guys bring it every week. Um, but names like uh, 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 Devontae Adams, Aaron Darnold, uh, Jake Matthews, the left tackle, these are 
possibilities that Joel uh, mentioned in his show. Um, I'm not sure about the first two, the Jake Matthews, the left tackle, mm, you know, that but, intrigues uh, me. That yeah. intrigues me. Mm -hmm. I'm not, yeah. I'm not happy with uh, James Hudson or Jedrick Wills. Yeah. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. And uh, before we came on the show, Elliot was talking about, about what type of Warren compensation Jones. they might get for Jedrick Wills. So, mm. Do you think that so? I mean, Dewan Jones right now is like I wrote about him in Dog Pound Daily. That I think that article is coming out tomorrow about you know players in the Browns to watch and who can't you can't miss Dewan Jones. The kid's six eight, six nine, three seventy five, <laughs> and it's just fun watching the kid. And he's learned. I think he's progressing. Um, I mean, we've just watching him over the first three weeks. It just seems like he's getting more respect. And I mean, you see these other guys from the Eagles and players trying to get around him. He's a beast. And uh, you don't see some too many guys like that on the line. And considering that there are players that the Browns have like Jack Conklin, who's 29 years old now. Um, some of these other players, I think Dewan Jones could be really an, a long-term solution there. And then you talk about like somebody like Luke Wh Whipler, Wipler, um, the center, the, they picked up from the Buckeyes as well. I mean, they're just the Browns are making some good decisions. Will it pay off? You know, um, Elliot, your thoughts on the structuring, restructuring of some of these contracts, and will the Browns do anything right now, or are they, like Steve says, are just going to carry this over to next year? Well, I, yeah, I'm actually very glad that this happened because I, I've had a terrible off season. I predicted all this stuff, and uh, it, it never happened. Never happened, never happened. I said they've got to restructure Miles Garrett. This contract makes no sense. It has to be restructured. Um, but what I didn't expect was that they would restructure uh, Deshaun Watson. Uh, and the reason because his contract was so, uh, uh, you know, the amount of money that they had on his deal was so high that I thought that they needed to pay that down uh, a little bit. And um, so I thought that that Betonio and um, – Mm -hmm. and, and especially Miles uh, needed to get uh, some extra money, and I think Nick Chubb also needed to be extended, mm -hmm. and um, it didn't happen, and so I just really felt like I had mud all over my face. Like, what the hell? I don't know anything about NFL football. Um, but now all these things that I uh, foretold you know, the, have come to pass, and so all the things that – that my boss at Dog Pound Daily made fun of me for now start to look pretty good. Now, what the master plan is, they're still way overspent in 2024. So what the master plan is, is that we need to have Deshaun Watson have a good year and to yes. like Cleveland so that they can extend him, give him an additional year at the end of his contract mm -hmm. and push some money out of 2024 right. so that they can... So have a decent budget and still keep most of the people that they like because uh, they're, me, they're way overspent. They're okay. Way so overspent. let me, let me talk about another guy that That's we've already talked about that they need to do in order to have a football team next year. If they don't do it, then they're going to have to, they're going to have to cut a whole bunch of players. All right. What so I think Steve, the long-term plan is Elliot, Nick Chubb, Tony Grossi, who we talk about, you know, he came on the uh, show, earlier this week on ESPN Cleveland and he brought up, he, they talked about Nick Chubb and would there be another move 
an, un, an unexpected move even now. And they talked about Nick and I've been, you know, many of us, I, I want him here. I mean, I, I don't want him moving, going anywhere else. And I, I just wanted your thoughts on that. I think it would be a great move. And I think Nick Chubb is unique. Uh, he's different. It doesn't have to be a huge long-term deal. Uh, I think Grossi said just an extension of another year or two. Um, yeah, two years. Yeah, two years. So that would do it. Uh, I just think Nick Chubb. I, I, on the back of my mind, I think okay, all this money they're pushing it. I get that, and but could they still? I mean, Tony Grossi's suggesting it. Not that Tony's ever right, but he is right sometimes. And I think a lot of us fans love Nick Chubb. And I think Nick Chubb loves the Browns and considering all the things that we've talked about in this show, hall of fame, all this stuff, the Browns get to the playoffs. Would there be a chance that they try to pick him up and give him that extension before the season starts? Or do you think it's still, we're just going to wait till next off season? Well, I think what they need to do is to find a formula that right now, Nick Chubb has zero guaranteed dollars in uh, 2024. Mm-hmm. And what they need to do is to find a way to avoid giving him a lot of money in 2024 and move some of that money into 2025. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that they're going to guarantee him uh, tons and tons of money because of the nature of the running back position. Everybody has okay. to understand that. Yeah. But they do need to do something to reduce the uh, guaranteed dollars in 2024. And I think that the, you know, they can probably work that out uh, in some way with, uh, uh, you know, with the agent, uh, yeah. He doesn't need to get paid, and he should be paid at the top of his profession. Uh, yeah. But you do need to move some money out of 2024. That's, okay. what, yes. that's what they need to do. Uh, Steve, what what is your assessment on Nick Chubb? Where do you think we're at with this? Um, yeah, I think they could do it, uh, add a couple of years, mm-hmm. uh, get rid of that uh, $12.2 million I think he's owed next year, mm-hmm. Elliot. Something like that. Something like that. Zero dollars. Yeah, yeah, convert that into upfront cash. I mean, uh, the Browns lead the league in cash payments, not cap space, cash payments. Uh, Jimmy Hasman showed that he will write big checks. And he's not afraid of writing big checks for upfront money. Uh as for Deshaun Watson, I think they redo his deal again next year. They can chop $45 million by yeah. redoing his deal again next year. And like Elliot said, add a couple of years to the end of it. I mean, that's person that's perfectly reasonable for yeah. Andrew Barry to do. But, yeah, I could see him doing Nick Chubb for nice. a, a, oh, a I think that would be extension. That would be um, – you know, I don't know if they do it. I mean, usually teams like to do these things before the season starts, right? They don't like to – do them when they get through. Mm-hmm. Well, they've done, weeks. they've done, they've done contract extensions in uh, October before. So okay. you know, that wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it if would the be player cool. is uh, open to it. Yeah. I think if the and Cleveland I, Browns get some momentum and they start the season and they, they are winning, I think it would be like, you know, obviously we want to get to the playoffs and all this stuff, but doing something like that would just be really great momentum. Um, that the team knows that I believe that Nick Chubb, is that guy that everybody on the team really respects the most uh, from players to coaches. And uh, we want to keep Nick here in Cleveland. So yeah. um, let's talk I, I, about, yeah. Elliot. I say, what I think if, if I were in charge of creative contracting is I would create a contract where 
the player has a some amount of guarantee for the following year, and the team has an option at a much higher level so that the player is incentivized to go out and have a great year. You know, so more, and then and then the team has an option that's something that's more than twelve million. Like let's say it's fourteen, fifteen million dollars. Sure, sure. And so uh, with some incentive that way, that way that you have a uh, incentive to get a motivated a higher player. number, uh, and then you have a floor that's guaranteed so that you're not left with I zero. Just think, I just have this sense, Ellie. Don't you? I mean, I think we all. I mean, I think that. I think Chubb's already had an extraordinary career, and I just, just everything is telling us that he's just gonna, barring an injury, um, knock on wood here. Um, yeah. Put me in charge of it. I'll mediate a solution that's acceptable yeah. to both sides. <laughs> so let's let's talk um, just briefly. We're going to talk about the game. I also want to. I had a couple um, follow up things. We're going to talk about this giveaway as well. And I, uh, I had a chance to go to the Football Hall of Fame in Canton uh, last weekend. I wanted to uh, talk to you guys about that before we leave tonight. But let's talk about the game for Saturday at 1 o'clock. I don't know what channel it's on. Uh, is it uh, NFL, NFL Network? Network? NFL Network. It'll be so fine. I have, to, I have to suffer through the opposing team's announcers like I did the Eagles oh. when I watched Thursday night <laughs> game because I, I'm out of town. And Ross Tucker is terrible. I'll just oh, put it out there right now. Well, I, I don't mean, really he like not Browns. even He wouldn't announce one Browns player's name. It was yeah, but, all Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. Well, but these oh, guys that do the Browns, I don't know if Elliot knows that the guy. Well, it's, um, you know, Joe Thomas, the color guy, obviously a Hall of Famer. Um, and then the other guy who's been around, I forget his name. I, I can't think of it, but he's a Cleveland guy, been on ESPN over the years and, Anyway, they I have to turn it turn the volume down. I think a lot of fans oh, do too. Oh, they're great. I like uh, that. I don't I don't like I don't I think they I don't know. I, I love Joe Burrow. What is no, it? No, it's not Nathan. It's um No, it's um, How's Jim Donovan? Is he Chris Rose? Okay, Chris, I don't know how I don't Chris know. Rose. It's Chris, Chris Rose. Rose. Yeah. Chris Rose, and they're not bad. It just um, anyway. They're let's talk about than the game. Eagle guys. Let me. So, so the Browns are playing their starters anywhere between twenty and twenty-five plays. That could end up being a, a couple drives, maybe three drives. Could be the whole first half, or it could um, be. Uh, yeah, it could be two. Yeah, three drives. I'd like to see quarter. the Browns punch the ball in to the end zone. I will say this though about what Deshaun Watson made a point today at practice today and he was talking about practice and talking about us media and saying, and this is very true. And those you all, we've all played the game or coached it. He's talking about that, you, John, now I'm talking about yeah. me. So he, but what they're saying, he's saying is that a lot of times when we're watching these guys play at practice and training camp, we're not privy to what exactly the coaches are calling and what they're asking them to do. It might be a third down uh, situation or a fourth down situation, or they, they want this or that. And so when we see things that are happening in an incomplete pass, or we're asking the defense to do this or that, it's not necessarily just that they're going out there and playing every play. Like, you know, you want to, you know, they're, they're doing specific things and that's where there's a disconnect. And so I think that was really good that Watson exp- shared that. I don't know if you heard his take today, but I oh, listened I did. to it this afternoon. I and I thought that's a very good thing that most of fan, a lot of fans aren't listening to that. Uh, we are because we, we're paying attention to the Browns. Maybe they'll listen to our podcast. Um, 
but when we're seeing these things in players catching passes and not dropping something, we get mad or there's an interception by Watson. We're like, Oh my God, you know, uh, or Baker Mayfield, who's not even with the Browns. Oh, he's throwing 10 interceptions, you know, in preseason. It's like, who cares? It's, it's, it's practice. Talking about practice. <laughs> anyway. Um, so we're going to see the Browns. The starters are going to play. We're not going to see Nick Chubb. We're not going to see Miles Garrett. We're going to see Deshaun Watson. We're going to see, I don't know. What's, will Amari Cooper be there? You think they'll put not. him out? Yeah. Uh, we'll probably see though. Um, I, I hope that they keep out Elijah Moore because he had the injury a little bit and yeah. hopefully they'll keep him a, away, but yeah, we know I'm what anxious, he can do. I'm anxious to see Austin Watkins. I mean, this kid deserves a spot. I don't know what three. Elijah Moore can do. Yeah, <laughs> I have no yeah. idea what he can do. But let's talk about Austin. I want to talk about Austin Watkins because this kid's story, the, the background, we've all looked at it a little bit. I find it just fascinating. He's really, he's 25 years old. Yeah. He didn't get drafted. Awful. He didn't get drafted. He was signed as a free agent. Played with the 49ers during their training camp one year. It was like 2020 or 2021. Lasted almost the whole training camp. Got cut. Signed by the Buccaneers for like a day. And then went up to Canada and played for like a week. Or didn't even play. I think he made the some the Saskatchewan. And now uh, six months ago signed up with the Memphis Showboats who used to be another USFL team. And then landed now with the uh, Birmingham Stallions. He went to the University of Alabama, Birmingham. And now he's 25 years old. He comes to Cleveland. He's having a crazy, exceptional preseason that's better than any wide receiver in the league. He had seven receptions for 139 yards and a touchdown. He, I think he's got 16 receptions and 250 yards uh, during preseason. He's doing everything. He's catching balls from Kellen Mond, from Josh Dobbs. Uh, to DTR, he's he's just he's six three. I you know I I I hope that they keep him. I think that the everyone is pushing for him to be kept. I think he's earned it. But considering his track record, you got to wonder what happened. He that he landed in the CFL for a, a day, and now he's on the cusp of making a fifty three man roster here in Cleveland. Steve, let's uh, you have thoughts on that because i'm just studying this guy and it's like i think he's going to be great but then you look at his background it's like well maybe he just figured it out now he's 25 well as he puts it as uh cousin sammy watkins uh told him uh just concentrate on what you're doing keep your your head down and grind and he's done that uh i'm very impressed with this kid I know that uh, if you have uh, the number one uh, preseason wide receiver and the number one preseason quarterback, that's like mm -hmm. winning the beauty contest for Miss Personality. But <laughs> it's still impressive the way this kid runs routes. If you really watch the games and watch yes. him uh, come off the line of scrimmage, uh, he he's really, really football smart. Mm -hmm. And I think there is a room on the 53 man roster for a wide receiver like that. He's you played know, himself on this roster. Do you remember? And it just the funny thing for me personally is that I was watching that UCFL championship game. I just happened to turn it on and 
he, I believe it was Austin Watkins who caught a touchdown pass in that championship game. And I, at the, at the time, I didn't know who this kid was, but I remember his name was Watkins. And I was just like, oh, wow, because it was a good route. And he, and it was a touchdown and Birmingham was going to win another USFL championship. And now he lands in Cleveland. So Elliot, what do you think about Austin Watkins? Yeah, I, I think whenever you uh, excel at some level of competition, um, that's evidence that you have a chance to succeed at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So I do, I do think that uh, these uh, so-called minor leagues of football uh, are fertile grounds for uh, possible promotion to the NFL, and I think you should be taken seriously yeah. as a prospect. And I think the the uh, the uh, preseason games are further evidence that he can probably play. So I yeah. think that they should keep him on the roster, and I think that he should get well, playing time in the regular season. And I like seeing things too, like David Bell. Like David Bell, this preseason, He's I think is very good this preseason. Yes, yes, and he I think we can get open. Yeah, I think he can get open. He, he can catch. He had ball. such a successful career at Purdue, and he caught everything. If you watch video of him. Uh, from his college days at Purdue, he was just dynamite. He was the Big Ten wide receiver of the year. Um, so I just I think the Browns really are have something going there in so many departments. So what I'm excited to see what he can bring to the team. And then we're not even talking about Amari Cooper, Demar, and DP DPJ. I mean, so uh, any thought that any I this thought could cross my mind. But do you either one of you think that DPR Donovan Peoples Jones potential would there be any chance that the browns if they were looking at a trade because he's in this last year of his contract could he be thrown into a trade like surprising well, you know i mean they wouldn't uh what are you going to offer me in exchange for him i mean he's a starting wide well receiver. what about this jake matthews kid no he's a now is he the is he a free agent or is he a, a- yeah, you know, trades in football are generally bad because you've got so much time invested in the Brown system. You know, he's got um, three years plus in the system and knows how to play for the Browns. Yeah. And so he's more valuable to the Browns than he is to any other team. So I don't know why people don't like Donovan Peoples Jones. I guess because he's from Michigan. Michigan. Oh, so speaking of Michigan, there was that like, like people from Michigan, but he's been a, a very good receiver from the time that he put on the uniform. And um, I, I don't want to say that he's not tradable. Everybody on the team is tradable except for Deshaun Watson. Um, but yeah. the, there's there's no reason to think that, you know, he's um, yeah. an excess wide receiver or anything like that. Okay. He's a starter. Yeah, yeah. Um, any follow-up on that, Steve? You got any uh, words um, on that situation? Well, the reason they drafted uh, Cedric Tillman was to replace Donovan Peoples-Jones. I mean, his next contract is going to be in the 12 to $14 million mm-hmm. range, and I just can't see the Browns paying that for him. Uh, I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's a great he's, he, isn't, receiver. he isn't vacant yet. He's still on the team. He doesn't need yes, to be. Yes, he is still on the team. I think they'll keep him on the team. Yeah, yeah. This but year, he's a valuable Tillman, contributor Tillman. to this wide receiver. I mean, we're really seeing some great things. And Cedric Tillman really was an outstanding college athlete. It was just he was injured. But he, what he what we're seeing also, that's exciting too, because you're, just, you're getting another kid who's 6'3", and his 
his skill set and route running and going leaping up and it's just his extensions are just really cool i mean you got a couple guys now austin Watkins, cedric tillman you got these young this young core to go along with somebody like amari cooper who's leading the charge always need wide receivers you don't and we're not even talking we haven't even started talking about the tight end situation i mean we got jordan atkins who you know is he going to play saturday jordan atkins i haven't seen much of have we seen i don't know Okay. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah. Is he played in the previous games because have I missed him or did I? No, he has not played in the, played in the. Okay. Pretty. It's been Forrestal and uh, no, Elliot's favorite. Played. Mid, he's, he's Mitchell played. Padden. I don't think did so. He? Yes, he has played. I watched him play. Okay. He's primarily a blocker, but they used him also as a fullback. Oh, all right. You know, they right. well, had the three, three uh, tight end formations, which I thought, oh, that's kind of interesting. And, so, finally, uh, yeah, Elliot, I have a question for you and Steve, since you guys are, you know, I went to the Hall of Fame this past week in Canton, and I just wanted to share this out, and I think I've shared it out briefly on one of my other shows. Uh, I had the Evan Given Sunday show last Sunday. But I just want to give a shout. I gave a shout out then, and against the, Cle- the Cleveland Browns, the Browns backers, which is a worldwide organization and Steve and his wife are lifelong uh, members and Elliot attends uh, over there down in the Dayton area and Beaver Creek. And um, what's really been um, impressive uh, is they have um, put together every year for the Browns backers presidents uh, a weekend that starts on a Thursday and it goes all the way through Sunday. And they really have been topping it off every year. And this past year what, training camp. Yeah. So during, so yeah, I the, went to one of those. I okay. Went to so one now, so just to give the fans and people that are listening, if you're a, a Browns backers and a uh, member and the presidents, they, so they start off on a Thursday night. They, they had the, the play the pre, uh, the preseason game Thursday night. They, they gathered at a local, uh, establishment there in Berea Friday. Then they had a dinner with Joe Tom Thomas uh, down at the stadium. Joe Thomas was their speaker and, and the nice. Browns backers presidents got an opportunity to eat and get autographs. I was going, but I only made it to Worcester. Um, <laughs> I started out in Columbus and uh, I had a long week with my other job and uh, was uh, even though I, so I will forever be uh, guilty of not having an opportunity to meet Joe. But then Saturday, um, shame on you. Then they 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 gathered the troops in Cleveland and they took a couple busloads of the Brownsbacker presidents to, over to Canton to the Football Hall of Fame, where they then uh, had a catered meal and then gave them a tour of the Hall of Fame. And it finished off Sunday with a uh, trip to Berea again for their training camp practice. And I just think it's amazing what they're able to do. And I just give a shout out to the organization. Uh, for being able to do that. I think it's a really nice gesture and what they've done. Uh, but I had a chance to go to the Hall of Fame, so I wanted your take on the Browns backers. But I also, while I was there at the uh, Hall of Fame, got to go into where all the uh, busts of the players are. And I was just curious, one, if you've been there, and two, what are some Hall of Famers um, of your your favorites, not necessarily Browns players? Um, there's just hundreds of uh these players in there. And it was really a neat thing. I, you know, because every year, you know, you watch the hall of fame, you see their bust and, uh, and then they're all together in this one gallery 
and you go around and, and many of us were taking pictures and like Jim Brown and uh, Otto Graham, uh, some of the great Browns and there. So I just wanted your thoughts on that. If you have some, if you've been there before or they've really been doing it up too. They've added all these extra things around the initial stadium, uh, the initial museum. And uh, what are some of your favorite uh, hall of famers? If, if you get an opportunity, uh, you'd like to see them. Their bus, that is. Uh, let's go with you, Steve. I've never been to the Hall of Fame. Okay. Um, I would just like to walk through and soak in the entire experience. I mean, yeah. uh, of course, you want to see Jim Brown. You want to see Autogram. You want to see Marion Motley. I mean, you know, you want to see those guys that built this franchise. Yeah, like Bill so, Willis. Uh, Is it Bill Willis? That was another Bill guy. Willis. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love to see those. Um, yeah, it was really cool. The, as for the Brownsbacker President Weekend, uh, yeah. it's a phenomenal thing. Uh, I wasn't going to go, but my wife and my club treasurer, who uh, has a family in New Brunswick, Pennsylvania which is right across uh, the state line from Youngstown, which I call Checkpoint Charlie. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, we drove into Cleveland every day. Uh, we had a blast. We had, oh, a, wonderful. I mean, you know, you get, you go, you take part in a forum with former Browns like Brian Brennan and all these yeah. guys and you go to the game and then you get on Sunday, you go to training camp, you're in the VIP section. I mean, it just was a phenomenal experience. It really was. It just seems like every year they're doing more and more. I never got to do it when I um, go to that program when I was the actual president of the, the Wichita group. But my my friend and uh, uh, current president, Josh, uh, out there in Wichita, he actually flew in that Thursday and then he invited me his, as his guest. So it was really a tremendous uh, kind gesture on, on his part. So I want to thank Josh for that. Elliot, have you been there? Oh, Yeah. Um, I think for me, some of the most impressive things uh, or people at the hall would be Jim Thorpe. Um, Mm. As a Clevelander, I want people to understand that Jim Thorpe, uh, the first commissioner and also the premier athlete in 1920. Yeah. He's Mm. one of us, man. You know, he was uh, Canton. Okay. Canton Bulldogs. But he was also uh, part of uh, the uh, Cleveland uh, Bulldogs uh, in the early days. Uh, you know, there were yeah. two teams named Bulldogs. One was in Canton, one was in Cleveland. Yeah. And also Fritz Pollard in Akron was the first black quarterback uh, and the first black football coach. And, uh, you know, he was in Northeast Ohio, too. He's one of us. Well. Let me in Northern let me, Ohio. Uh, this is this is part of our heritage. Yep. I wanted to share. I there's a there's a thing in there. Um, Steve, you haven't been there. I don't know if it was there, Elliot, when you were there. And it was really my first time in there, considering I lived in Worcester growing up. That I never made it over there. But they have this big. They have all these things to see. And one of the things they have is this really uh, large. Um, um, poster or sign where they have all the teams in the NFL that are listed and they have their records every season. Mm -hmm. And they also listed some former teams that were part of, um, that were part of the NFL or part of pro football. 
And so I just, I took a picture. And so here are some of the former names. Uh, Elliot, you just mentioned one, Canton Bulldogs, the Chicago Tigers, the Cleveland Tigers back in 1921, the Dayton Triangles, the uh, Rochester Jeffersons, the new uh, the Tonawanda Cardex, the um, Milwaukee Badgers, <laughs> the Toledo Maroons, Toledo Maroons, Detroit Panthers, Providence Steamrollers, the Los Angeles Buccaneers. So these are all former pro teams. Um, I think in the, you know from the NFL, well, not and the NFL, but they were like teams that these were their original names. And uh, I just thought those are some crazy. There was a team called the Columbus Panhandlers. That oh, were I know around. all about those guys, man. Yeah, they were around. They were. Yeah, don't um, get me started. I can talk about the. They were not Panhandlers. They were the Panhandles because the train oh. ran through the West Virginia Panhandle on its way to Columbus. Oh. Um, and yeah, no, they were famous. They were blue collar. Yeah, you got you got to believe it. He was the. He was a season <laughs> ticket holder, so. Oh, well, you bet. Well, yeah, you'll have to make a trip. You'll have to make a trip up there because I think you would love it. All the all the history there. Um, so, um, yeah. guys, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. We've we're looking forward to the game Saturday afternoon. Again, the Browns will be playing on NFL Network. Steve will have to listen to the opposing. Um, uh, 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 no, TV. I'm going to mute it like I did the uh-huh. Eagle guys. Good. I can figure out what's going okay. on. I don't need to listen uh, to them. We should see a lot of hopefully some good football, and we're all going to be so geared up. Then two weeks then after this weekend, the Browns will be playing on September 10th in week one against Joe Schmo and those Cincinnati Bengals, like I mentioned at the beginning. I kind of jumped ahead uh, a bit. So I uh, look forward to that, and we'll look forward to more conversation here on the Fanatical Elves Network. And thanks again for joining us in the Fanatical Elves show. Guys, thanks again. Take care. Go Browns. Go Browns. See you, everybody.